0: Welcome to this week's episode of Babelfish, the podcast where humanists, three thinkers and atheists share their life stories. Today I'm talking to an atheist in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Due to security reasons, she wants to be anonymous. In Malaysia, it's not easy to be an ex-Muslim. We talk about the challenges atheists and especially ex-Muslims face. We talk about science, feminism and human rights. I would like to thank my patrons, Happy and Dina Peterson. Thank you so much for your support. Please give Babelfish a good rating in your podcast app. Please share Babelfish with your family and friends. In order to continue the podcast, I need funding. Remember, you can support Babelfish by becoming a Patreon. Become a Patreon on patreon.com or the Danish equivalent, tenor.dk. You'll find the links in the episode description. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Uh, In this episode, I am now in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, meeting with a non-believer, or how you pronounce it in in, in Malay, <laughs> Murtad. <laughs> Murtad.
1: Yeah, Murtad. Yeah. So my name is Siti. Mm-hmm. Hello. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah. So it's a little bit difficult to be a non-believer in Malaysia, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're uh, you're originally Muslim. Um, it's. Uh, it's, it's quite a big issue as well um, In terms of like uh, like a few years ago A couple of years ago uh, There was this hunt for atheists By government ministers So it's, uh, the country is pretty hostile Towards uh, atheists and especially People who were born Muslim But uh, who wish to apostatize Or who wish to change their religion mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, very strongly frowned upon uh, Excommunication is very frequent um, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the ex-Muslims I know, uh, and their families read them out to the religious authorities. Uh, also. So they
0: told on them to the authorities? Yeah,
1: oh. they, they, they're, they're sabotaged by their family members who lodge a report uh, with the religious police. Yeah, because you have a religious police, yeah. which is kind of
0: <laughs> really strange for me. Yes. Because <laughs> we don't have that concept. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is, yeah.
1: it is quite a weird concept. Uh, they literally police you, um, so and they have quite a bit of power as well. Um, they can fine you, they can uh, arrest you as well, uh, together with the secular police. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and uh, one of the things they enjoy doing is uh, they enjoy going on Kalwat raids. So Kalwat is this concept whereby uh, an unmarried men and an unmarried woman are together in the same room. So. Um, if the religious police uh, gets a tip-off, usually Mm. it's a tip-off, and then they find the couple together, uh, it's a crime for unmarried men and women, Muslim unmarried men and women to actually be together in the same venue behind closed doors. Okay. Yeah, so what they do is uh, maybe someone would sabotage them, they would call the religious police in their state, and then the religious police, uh, not just them, them together with a national TV um, national TV channel <laughs> so
0: it's a reality show or it's, yes sort of, yeah. yes exactly oh.
1: Yeah, there's, um, there's, this is the kind of things they do sometimes they bring the TV channels in oh yeah and they come together with the uh, secular police which is the royal Malaysian police and then they come and then they will knock on your door and then if you refuse to open they'll bang it down and then they'll break it down until they get to you and then they will charge you with uh, crimes oh yeah, so that's that's what the religious police do in Malaysia. These are some of the things. And these kind of things, they happen quite, uh, it's not an uncommon occurrence. It happens uh, quite often as well.
0: Yeah, because you both have Sharia courts and uh, yes. ordinary courts.
1: Yeah, we, we, we have a dual legal system. One of it is uh, civil law, the other one is the Sharia law. So um, the Sharia system uh, is supposedly only for Muslims, but it affects non-Muslims as well. Mm-hmm. And the, the civil court affects everybody, uh, regardless of whether you're Muslim or not. And um, in general, I mean, uh, technically they would say the Sharia and the civil law are on equal footing, but um, it's not really, in practice it's not really because uh, certain Sharia punishments, such as the death penalty for apostasy, uh, cannot cannot be enacted because it's limited by the penal code. It's limited by the civil laws.
0: So but the civil laws. Civil overrule laws overrule the override. death penalty. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because uh,
1: in certain states in Malaysia, uh, being an uh, being an ex-Muslim or leaving Islam uh, will come with the death penalty. Hmm.
0: Yeah. But it's only if you're leaving Islam. If you leave another religion, it doesn't yes. matter.
1: Yes. Um, for other regions, there's no such thing as a religious police or something like that. Uh, it's just for
0: Islam. Really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Um, and your own background?
1: Mm. Um, I'm, I'm based in KL. Um, and uh, I, I've been here. Actually, I, I was uh, overseas from from young. Yeah, but I came back when I was about 20-something. and. Uh, well, generally, I've grown up re- uh, pretty religious. I'm an ex-Muslim, um, okay. and I, I, I did the whole f- pray five times a day, uh, fasted during Ramadan, you know, um, all all those things that required you is required of a good Muslim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I only started questioning. I mean, I've always been someone who questions a lot of things from young, uh, which is why my, my mom is highly religious. So there was a lot of tension, a lot of uh, fighting between me and my mom because I I tended to ask questions that she was very uncomfortable with regards mm-hmm. to religion. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, growing up, that that uh, that intensified until adulthood. I mean, I was pretty sheltered uh, in a sense whereby my whole life was uh, revolved around Islam, uh, Islamic way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how I do things uh, is gotta be in line with the religion. Uh, I I never covered my hair or wore the hijab. Uh, that's, okay. that's, that's one thing that that's uh, that my mom was, my parents were quite okay on. Uh, but otherwise, uh, in terms of practicing the practicing the concepts of Islam and everything, was uh, they were pretty strict on it. Like I had to pray five times a day, or else I would get cane.
0: Oh. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's, um, that's pretty much how I was brought up. Uh, and I lived in a very Islamic bubble whereby uh, pork, alcohol was forbidden, and uh, it was not like you didn't really think much about it because it's been
0: indoctrinated in uh, you it from young. Yes, yeah, so it was just everyday life. It's just everyday yeah. life,
1: yeah. So you, you didn't think it anything out of the ordinary. And um, when, I, when I went to uni, I um, was in my early 20s, um, I started questioning more because uh, I, I had a lot of unanswered questions. Like, like one of the things I was asking in my life, because like, I had quite pretty severe depression also when I was a teen. So um, I, I sort of turned to God, but mm. it didn't really do anything
0: oh okay yeah
1: and i was i was wondering like you know and also i thought about how there's a lot of uh, hardship in the world there's a lot of problems in the world Uh, people killing people and muslims killing muslims Mm -hmm. so i was wondering you know if 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 god was real uh, if god existed why would he allow this to happen you know if he had the power to prevent um to prevent violence to prevent uh, bloodshed you know yeah it's either he's too weak to do it, or he does not exist. Mm. You know? And as a Muslim, at that time it was always on my mind. Uh, but the thing is, my faith was very strong. Like I was like I, I would say delusional. <laughs> you know, when you come, when you think about it, it is quite delusional because uh, you. Ins- I insisted on thinking that no, God is forgiving, merciful. God has plans. So I, I came up with compensatory reasons for for God's so-called inaction. Mm. Yeah, so... And it was only, like, uh, in uni where I was exposed to quite a bit of uh, atheists. Actually, it was my first encounter with atheists online. Yeah. Yeah, so... um, I've always been scared, uh, or rather, I've always been told that they are really bad people, you know, that uh, these people (laughs) are... No morals or anything. No morals, yes, Mm. exactly. The the same whole argument, uh, like, they are lost without God, and then they will like... They like have homosexual sex or something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It sounds so ridiculous now that I think about it. But yeah, that's the kind of uh, that was your reality. That was my yeah. reality. Yeah. yeah. So this is the kind of uh, ideas you grew up with. You know, you you normalize them, and then like, even now when when I'm so different, it feels like wow, like a veil has been lifted off me when I when I sort of uh, discovered mm. atheism. Um, a lot of my questions were unanswered but at that time when I was I uh, think of my teenage uh, late teen, late teens uh, I, I did engage with quite a few atheists as well but I came from a position whereby I defended Islam
0: mm-hmm. so
1: it was always it was always very difficult to have these arguments and conversations with atheists So um, you
0: remember a story?
1: Yeah, this argument I had uh, with some atheists uh, coming from a Muslim position, uh, it was about rape, and uh, this, the the argument by them was that uh, women uh, women do not ask to be raped regardless of what they are wearing. So for me, from my position, from what I was taught, mm. uh, I I said that you know it's uh, it's fifty fifty, meaning it's like. 50% is the uh, woman's fault, 50% is the rapist's fault. Okay. Yeah, now thinking about it, I'm a feminist now and it's like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that um, the, the reason is because uh, in Islam, it's, it's, it's stated that uh, inside the Quran, that women are to uh, to cover themselves up mm. uh, and men are to lower their gaze. Yeah. So, um, but when rape happens, uh, basically the, the idea is that women wear in ways that are tempting towards Mm. men so which is why they they, they raped but at that point of time um, I I had no idea I mean it was literally a Muslim bubble I was living in you know it was so unexposed to the world Mm -hmm. Uh, I I wasn't aware that there's such thing as marital rape I wasn't aware that that women who covered up uh, like as in wearing the burqa could get raped as well Mm -hmm. which uh, I mean for now we all know that uh, whatever you wear has got nothing to do with with yeah, because it happens no because matter happens. what
0: yeah. women were It's hundred
1: yeah. percent the fault of the rapists. Yeah, but so but because I was so unexposed to the real world, um, so kept uh, indoctrinated with my beliefs, <clears throat> and uh, these beliefs, I don't know. That I mean, it's partly community, it's partly uh, my parents. You know, they have all these very conservative beliefs that are not backed by reason, and
0: mm-hmm. then
1: like uh, they propagate These kind of beliefs, and then I believed it yeah yeah so this i believe this is what's happening with a lot of uh a lot of malays who were in malaysia especially those born uh into muslim families um they are fed a certain mm. kind of narrative about life yeah uh it's uh i call it i call it their little islamic bubble <clears throat> when yeah. yeah so when when this bubble was burst for me i felt it was really palpable like I could feel a huge veil lifting off me. I saw the world in a completely different light. The like the more I learned about mm. the world, yeah, um, and the more I thought about the arguments by I had with atheists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of uh, a lot of the discussions about uh, this uh, existence of God, um, powerless, powerlessness mm. of God, you know, and then like these questions kept. Uh, they had no answers for me.
0: Coming out of the bubble, you were yeah starting in science. Yes, I was. Yes. Yeah,
1: um, I I studied science. Uh, I I was in biotechnology. So some of the things I learned, as part of my curriculum was uh, concept of evolution. So um, and then it um, it struck me as well that you know evolution is actually real and uh, it's not just real; it's observable. And and at that time, I mean in my ignorance I always try to tell myself oh it's just a theory which is what mm. a lot of Muslims like to use it's just a theory it means yeah. it's not real but that, that's, that's not what uh, evolution is about you know it's, it's, it's provable I mean you, you can prove it and you then can prove it yeah. even though
0: you call it a theory yes. because that's all science yeah I mean <laughs> gravity
1: is a theory too but yeah. you still believe it right yeah, yeah exactly they, they don't understand that the, there's a different kind of uh, meaning behind the word theory mm. so um, yeah and the more the more I was exposed to it uh, The more I questioned And then I realised You know what Actually It doesn't make sense Also for us To actually Descend from Two human beings Okay Who who Supposedly Had uh, had intercourse And then Produced children And then Had intercourse With their children <laughs> To produce yeah. more children yeah. yeah It does not explain The diversity of uh, Life on on Earth. It does not explain the diversity of human beings on Earth, you know, and also there's a whole thing about the genetic pool. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm assuming those two first humans had human DNA, I suppose.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and and
1: then you can't can't make a huge genetic pool out of two uh, same human beings like Mm. that, you know. Yeah, so unless, uh, so definitely they had to like sort of like evolve as well. To yeah. be able to come up with a huge enough genetic pool that, for um, for billions of years later, um, that can that can have the kind of diversity that we have, so that was a position I took that evolution was real, but Adam Eve was real. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the kind of that was the kind of like middle ground position yeah. that I, I I took, uh, which which it didn't make sense to solar because, um, uh, like there's evidence that. Um, that we evolved from that single cell organism, you yeah. know? and the whole uh, the the primordial soup. So the evidence was something difficult to deny.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. In terms of evolution, so and then then it just shattered my my understanding of the whole Adam and Eve thing yeah yeah also not to mention like as i grew older into my into my years as an adult uh, in my mid and late 20s um i realized that i read more on the quran yeah which is like the holy bible of Mm. muslims Um, and i realized there's a lot of misogyny in the quran there's a lot of misogyny there's a lot of uh, it's basically It's written around The patriarchal perspective mm-hmm. uh, Everything is about Almost everything is about Men uh, Being s- dominant Over the woman I mean the, the Surahs literally say Like Men uh, Have Have advantages Over women That's yeah. one of the things They say Another one The, the surah Which I, I still really Really despise Is 434 It's the one where it's, It prescribes Hitting A wife A man can hit a wife If she disobeys him so, I mean, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm in 2019 and then I'm like, you shouldn't be hitting anybody. People should not be hitting people, no. <laughs> basically, no. you know, but you're no. here like f- believing a book that exists 1400 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're using its morals from 1400 years ago and you're justifying it. And then you're saying it's necessary uh, in, in the life of uh, people.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: just one of the things. I mean, like a, a, a lot of Islamic, uh, Islamic apologists, they will have all sorts of reasons they say oh you're, you're taking this out of context you know you're, you're, you're not you're, you're not looking at this from, uh, from, from the perspective of someone 1400 mm. years ago I'm like yeah because we're in 2019 why would I have the perspective of someone 1400 years ago yeah. yeah and one of the things that grinds me is that um, that, that tells me that Islam is really not, not a true religion is the fact that if your book it, written by the Prophet sent down uh, with messages sent down from god uh if this god could not uh foresee the future and how Mm. it would turn out how can you write a divine book that does not take into account what happens in the future Like, like why is your book so inadequate to deal (laughs) with um (laughs) with all the moral quandaries Mm. of the 21st century but that's a good point yeah yeah so and when I ask, like nowadays, when I ask Muslims that like, they can't answer, and then they, they they go back to saying that oh, Islam is a is a moral book, you know, it's like a circular argument. Yeah. You know, it's like where you get your morals from Islam, and then it's like, um, but, um, sorry, wait, I'm <laughs> I went off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they usually engage in circular arguments mm. um, about about about. Uh, about the authenticity and mm. uh, of of their of their book, the Quran. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like, uh, where's the Quran from God? So if the Quran is uh, if the Quran is right, then uh, why why is it right? Because
0: God said so. Yeah. So and then it goes back, you <laughs> know, like back, like yeah, yeah it
1: goes in the circle.
0: When did things? Yeah, we talked about the circular argument. And what what happened next for you personally? Mm,
1: yeah. So I. Over time, I mean, becoming atheist, it wasn't a overnight thing. It was a journey actually.
0: Mm.
1: Um, From it stemmed from doubt, and then from doubt, started to uh, the tendrils of disbelief uh, Mm. crept out. And then soon it became a lot from a few questions to become to a lot of questions, and a lot of these questions could not be answered adequately, you know. Like, Mm. um, and I mean, and also. Some of the things include things like Muslims like to say that Islam is one Islam Islam is whole Which is a- a- absolute rubbish Because there's a lot of Islam in the world There's a lot of different kinds of Islam mm. You have Sufism You have Salafism You have Wahhabism You know this kind of And then there, you have like four different schools of thought You know where scholars uh, Fight with each other <laughs> over whose interpretation is Is more correct So I mean and also it got me thinking like so if god. if god wanted to send down a message for eternity why couldn't they send it down in a way that's uh that's clear and mm. non-divisive yeah. and something that cannot completely be misunderstood by people you know mm-hmm. i mean you are a god <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to come with with powers beyond comprehension mm. you no know? yet you can't do something so simple like that yeah yeah So that's like um, And yeah So the argument is like Either God is worthless And useless Or He does not exist I think The fact that There's a lot more evidence um, That tends toward Him not existing Mm -hmm. Rather than him being Powerless You know For one He never came down To tell us I mean It's like 8,400 years ago And schizophrenia Was I think Pretty Prevalent (laughs) During that time You know Like uh, not say prevalent But people would Probably not understand What schizophrenia wants mm. I believe that Prophet Muhammad Was a schizophrenic uh, mm. Which people uh, Believe Was uh, saying the truth But you know um, One of the core Features of schizophrenia Is psychosis mm. You know When you're in the Delusional state And then you think that uh, For example You can think that Things are talking to you Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So and a lot of Islamic uh Islamic theology borrows from classical Greek theology as well. So there's a lot of elements inside that are borrowed. So I mean and also there's the fact that there's a Bible and the Torah before hmm. before the Qur'an and a lot of things were similar as it's well. It's the same, yeah. It's the same, yeah. It's kinda of like version three point zero of the Torah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly.
0: Yeah. So when did you when did you start defining yourself as uh a non-believer? Um, I think more towards my mid-twenties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my
1: late-twenties. So, mid-twenties, uh, after the questioning, and I like, I, I found myself Becoming more relaxed Actually a lot of the reason Why I I could uh, Not say a lot But part of the reason Why I could explore Was because I was not living In my family anymore
0: Yeah okay
1: Yeah so I was Away from their Religious grasp Mm. And the Indoctrination Mm -hmm. That you know That eats at you Every day Like when you're Exposed to something Every single day Like prayer And everything You you, you tend to follow The style Of the culture Mm. As well So being away from that uh, Allowed me to explore Myself allowed yeah. me to explore uh, Islam. Um, allowed me to explore my questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so I I read I read the Quran. I, I read uh, arguments by sheikhs and muftis mm-hmm. online. You know about um, and I found that a lot of the times, the saying really. Really shitty things <laughs> Really <laughs> A lot of it is very misogynistic Especially when it comes to women There's a lot of rules for women You know
0: Yeah
1: Yeah. So living living as a woman is so um, It came with a lot of uh, Like things like You got to cover yourself mm. um, And you, you got to take effort to Not um, Like uh, Not goad men So mm. it's like I'm like Why, why can't men just control themselves you know you're, you're, you're like, like saying that women are goading men is the same thing as saying that men have no self-control and like exactly. they're animals so yeah. and that's a disservice to men as well yeah Yeah. yeah. I mean we're all human beings we all evolve.
0: <laughs> don't yeah. tell me
1: that you know they, they have no self-control that's ridiculous mm. yeah so these are the kind of narratives that um, traditional traditional I would say Islam would actually try to push onto its mm. believers and one of the things that irks me the most is that They're teaching this shit To children Yeah I was indoctrinated From young And children have no choice But to be indoctrinated Mm -hmm. Like um, They they, they did not choose To be born to a Muslim family And uh, Muslim And governments Are not saying that Oh you, you can't force Religion on your children Because for the longest time people have allowed people yeah. to force their religion on children mm-hmm. you know i mean for other religions like christianity maybe it's not so bad i mean comparatively like uh, you, you don't have really extreme things in written in 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 the books i mean there there are yeah. inside the yeah, <laughs> there there are, are. But, but they're just not followed yeah, not not as much as Islam. Well,
0: some parts of the world, I would say. Some parts, maybe yeah. some parts, yeah. yeah.
1: But for majority of the world, You know, I've not been there. in Africa, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> the,
0: the Christian parts of Africa. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah. I would say they are also mm. bad. <laughs> but,
1: they yeah. have not reached the evolution point yet, I guess.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about Christianity. It evolves. It evolves. Like, I mean, but Islam is still stuck in fourteen yeah. hundreds. I mean, but what. What makes me happy is that there are Muslim feminists. Uh, I know it sounds contradictory, you, mm. especially if you're trying to justify a misogynist patriarchal religion. But a lot of Muslim feminists. I mean, I, I may have my qualms, have uh, my questions about them, but uh, overall, I think they're doing a good thing because they're making they're making the patriarchy question uh, yeah. question themselves. Mm. Uh, they're, they're they're fighting for their rights, uh, for the rights of Muslim women. You know, like they're, they're, and what mm. what they're doing is they're trying to tell people that you can reinterpret the Quran, yeah, in a more feminist from a more fem- feminist perspective.
0: So you have
1: um,
0: in here in Malaysia there we have yes, there Muslim, Muslim feminists, yeah, and mm. I think that, that's that's a
1: really good thing about Malaysia. Like you you don't have you hardly have Muslim feminists in like Singapore, you know, because it's not it's not r- religion and. Women is not Such a huge issue In Singapore For example Because they're secular yeah. yeah So But in Malaysia There's a lot of Malaysia One good thing about Malaysia Is there's a lot of people Who fight Like people yeah. who fight For their rights okay. So they're really passionate And then they 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 do what it takes you know, to, to drive the point home mm. So these Muslim families They do a lot of things uh, Some uh, a lot, Most of them are, uh, One of them Is sisters in Islam So They They, they help Not only do they help Women, uh, Muslim women who Are having marital problems Issues like you know um, Like husband cheating on her Or something like that um, They actually do push for Religious freedom from religion as well Oh, okay. yeah they call it freedom of religion, meaning you are free to choose whatever religion yeah. you have or no religion. yeah So, so there you have
0: common ground, we have common ground community yeah. the community and the Muslim women. Yes, yeah. correct. yeah
1: So I mean being a Muslim woman, my ex-muslim woman, woman myself uh, is it, always good to be able to have a community to, that shares, shares your views mm. uh, and people who actually do something to help other Muslim women, like I shared with you earlier, mm. uh, this survey by Sisters in Islam as well, they found that 72% of Muslim women, uh, they agree with polygamy, mm-hmm. that men can be polygamous, but 32% of them said that they would not accept
0: mm, a their, marriage, own their own husband. <laughs> yeah.
1: And what's shocking was that 21% of Muslim women in Malaysia believe that it, it is justifiable for a husband to beat his wife. Yeah. And it is actually mandated and uh, ordained in the Quran, which is the the mm. default book that Muslims should refer to. So it's quite problematic when Muslim women are themselves indoctrinated. I mean I mean yeah, we, we see it the same as, as in women uh, are forced to be within within patriarchal societies. Mm. The same is happening in Islam. It's a highly patriarchal kind of system. seeks to maximize control. Of uh, women by men, <clears throat> and um, there's for the longest time there's nobody fighting against it. But mm. uh, yeah, but uh, Muslim women in Malaysia are fighting it. In Egypt, are fighting it. Even Saudi Arabia are fighting it. Yeah. Women are starting to wake up, and that's amazing. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. the first step.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's the first step. And I feel that uh, these women are they they would play a really huge role in. Evolving the religion, yeah, in itself. I mean, I'm I'm not anti-Islam per se. I just criticize the religion a lot. Yeah, but I feel that people should be allowed to have their own religion for whatever mm. reasons.
0: You know, as for you're, now, you're not allowed in Malaysia. Yeah, now I'm not allowed to not be a Muslim.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in in, in Malaysia, I mean. In anywhere, people should be allowed to believe in whatever they want as long as they don't, you know, harm mm. other people or, or impose on other people. So mm. I think uh, Muslim feminists, I ident- identify them as one of the ways that Islam can evolve mm. into being a more tolerant, more accepting religion. Uh, yeah, it religion. seems
0: like there's two, you know, because we talk about being a unbeliever in Malaysia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But but it's worse if you used to be a Muslim. Yes, it's worse if if you... you, If you used to be a Christian and become an atheist... Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah, because
1: nobody recorded that you were a Christian. Okay. Yeah. So
0: so it's only if you leave Islam Islam that it's Mm. an issue. You you can't even
1: leave Islam. Yeah. Yeah. Over here... um, Yeah, you
0: have to... You are are officially registered as a Muslim. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So once you're born Muslim, you're in your IC in your birth cert you, know, you state that your parents are muslim they automatically assume you're muslim mm. i mean what else can you assume right yeah yeah so and from then on you assume this identity as a muslim all the way until 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 you die i suppose yeah you know and uh, i mean like i shared with you earlier there are some cases of uh, like a really a handful under 10 people who since 2004 have tried to renounce Islam but failed. Mm. Uh, one of the most famous ones was the case of Lina Joy. She wanted to convert to Christianity uh, to marry her partner but uh, I think uh, she tried going to the lower courts. She, first, she tried at the National Registration Department. Mm. She tried to change her religion on her IC but they said that they couldn't. You got to go to you got to go to the courts so she went to the courts and then they were like no and then she was like I want to appeal and then she appealed and then it went to the higher court and then the higher court rejected her as well so eventually after spending so much money so much time it was like a case that took years mm. like, like four or something four or five years I think she gave up she went overseas mm. and nothing was heard from her anymore again
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah because you can only get married if you have the same yes. religion.
1: you can only get married in Malaysia. Muslims can only marry Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. So, like unlike Singapore, Singapore, you, uh, a non-Muslim can marry a Muslim mm. under civil marriage, but yeah. no such thing in Malaysia. So, if you can't, if you can't get married, your partnership, your union is uh, deemed haram, yeah. you know, meaning it's uh, it's prohibited. Mm-hmm. And if any Muslim is found uh, in the vicinity of. Like let's say someone is a guy, and then he's found in the vicinity, in the same room with, with a woman that he's not married to, regardless of ethnicity, he will get he will get fined uh, if, if he gets found out by mm. the religious police,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. So this frequently happens in Malaysia, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah.
0: Okay. So there's a lot of uh, discrimination if people leave, or precautions if people want to leave Islam. Yes, as basically t- not really possible.
1: Basically, it's impossible because people have tried. Nobody has been successful. Um, The law, the the high courts, the civil courts refuse to do anything about this because they'll say that it's under the purview of the Islamic courts. Mm. Yeah, so there's a lot of back and forth over there. The Islamic courts say that, you know. um,
0: But can can people (coughs) live as non-believers?
1: Yeah, you can live as non-believers for the most part, mm. uh, you just can't tell people about it much. Because, okay. because there's, there's going to be a lot of Muslims who are very, who can't take care of their, who, who like to butt their noses into people's business. Okay. Yeah, So these people are usually online, they're usually Malay Muslim men to say all sorts of things online. They're, they're very good at um, yeah. cyberbullying. There was a picture of 80s uh, from Malaysia gathering and mm-hmm. then it was posted to 80s Republic on their Facebook page. Mm. And then some Malay males, you know, they happened to chance upon the picture and then they made such a huge fuss about it. Um, they were like asking why why, why are, why are Malay people there? Why are Muslim people there? This is an 80s, 80s outing. Mm. You know, haram. Blah, 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 blah. They made such a huge fuss that the news outlets pick it up. Mm. And then it went to the to the ministers mm. uh, At that time It was uh, The Barisan National Which is for The former government the, the, the same government With the Prime minister That was embroiled In the 1MDB scandal mm. Yeah So they, they tend to be A bit more the Conservatives they like the Conservatives they like yeah. the Republicans So they, uh, One of the ministers In the prime minister's Department He said uh, 80s should be Hunted down We will hunt down this. We should hunt down These 80s yeah. So I mean as a minister your words have clout. Uh, yeah. They have a lot of uh, influence on people and and of course the, these online mobs they felt justified mm. in hunting down these atheists. So yeah. uh, one of one of someone I knew who who went to the meetup he was investigated by the religious police in his uh in his state. Oh. I'm not sure if Selangor or Kuala Lumpur but he was investigated. They looked for him. Uh, they sent him a letter. Then I told him to go down for uh, interview. Mm. Mm. So this kind of shit happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know what happened after that. I, I, I haven't been in contact with quite a few people.
0: Mm.
1: So but uh, as far as I know, I think he turned out okay in a sense. I think maybe he he made it. Mm. Yeah. So okay. so there's there's this risk of being found out mm. when you live as a non-Muslim public. You can't come out. Basically, okay. it's very difficult for you to... Unless mm. that's why a lot of um, uh, ex-Muslim Malays, they uh, they use a pseudonym online. They use a fake account on Facebook.
0: Okay. Yeah. To be able to. To be able
1: to say this kind of thing, like even okay. for for Mash, uh, Malaysian atheists mm-hmm. and secular humanists, we 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 don't uh, we don't want to go very public either. No. Yeah. We can't because we have a lot of ex-Muslims in our ranks. Mm. So. Um, yeah, like a lot of us really That's want. That's also
0: come why up. we don't use your name. Yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It's really difficult. I mean, like. Is it um, getting better or worse? What do you think? Um, I think not much has changed. Okay. Even though
1: the the new government came into power, they've not done anything, anything, to gain our confidence. In, in their governance mm. Like uh, Like They They took The religious Authority Under the Prime Minister's department Which gives it A lot of Power There's a lot of There's a lot of power Being in the Prime Minister's department Yeah So was that really necessary You know they, 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 They're not Cutting the budget For Jakim Which is the, I mean They're not Cutting it by much Okay I guess Yeah I, I can't remember From the Recent Recent Okay. Budget 2020 What
0: about in everyday life? In everyday um,
1: life I think it's still going on This whole race You know This whole sending letters To
0: people Okay This whole uh, yeah. So it's not getting better
1: No it's No not. changes No okay. changes Yeah it's, it's Business as usual Okay Yeah I mean Until a minister Publicly says You know uh, You gotta leave the 80s alone 80s mm. and humanists alone Then we'll Things change, but they won't do that because they need the votes of the Malays. So it's still a political game. Whoever wants to stay in power, you gotta keep. Yeah. So the people here basically Mm. uh, they they define what kind of government you get, and Mm. it's it's an uphill battle for non-believers because you're fighting against people, the majority of people who want Islam, Mm. who want to be, who want to force people to to live. By mm. their by their rules, you know, mm.
0: okay. like like
1: they always say that Sharia and Islam is only only for Muslims. Mm. It's not. I mean, if you're an ex-Muslim, you're an atheist. You're no longer a Muslim, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. If you renounce the religion, it's a personal it's a personal choice. Mm. You're no longer Muslim, <clears throat> but you cannot choose to not be, um, to be test tried by by Islamic laws. Ah, That's, okay. which is ridiculous, you know. And then
0: yeah yeah, what do you, what does uh... MASH do MASH stands for Malaysian Atheist and Secular Humanist Yes that's That's
1: right That's the organisational name Yep Uh, MASH started as a group of like-minded atheists uh, coming together Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, Atheists and humanists actually we were humanists and then we were like shall we make a group and then the group was made informal group Mm -hmm. and then we were like "Um, maybe we should try to make it uh, make it bigger Try to find more members So Yeah Then we worked towards Making it bigger uh, We started working on advocacy For freedom of religion uh, we, we worked on um, On awareness Of uh, human rights abuses For uh, By Muslims mm-hmm. Islamic countries uh, We we also uh, Made people more aware About uh, Humanists At risk mm. Yeah okay mm, so, yeah and also we work with local uh, civil society organizations uh, based mostly in human rights yeah women, okay. human rights and women's rights yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, okay mm,
1: so yeah. some of our core focus areas is uh, freedom of religion um, uh, also climate change as well actually mm. oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: so we are also very actively involved with the Asian chapter of humanists international uh, hum- youth human young humanist international yeah, yeah. So, um, we've attended the, uh, con- the Asian Humanism Conferences. Mm. Uh, I see our, our members have also attended the General Assemblies as well.
0: Yeah. Mm, for HI. Yeah. yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, oh, okay. we, we, we want to grow, we really want to grow. But at the same time, we want to be very careful. It's <laughs> yeah. such a delicate balance. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah because if you get too known, you then get to know that might be a risk.
1: Yeah, okay. uh, painting a huge target on your back. Yeah, yeah. So we are trying to find, refine our ways. Uh, to find out how how can we deal with this threat. You know, we, n- we need to do a risk assessment. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and to do that, we, we need we need resources from people who have done risk assessments and to tell mm. us you know like what the things what we can do what we can't do. Um. Yeah. So, this 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 kind of uh, tr- uh, capacity building Is something that I think the, uh, the The Asian chapter Can can work on together you know, okay. To build each yeah. other's uh, yeah. Capacities Yeah Yeah.
0: Okay
1: mm, Something humanist international Might also help with Yeah, <laughs> could help with. yeah.
0: <laughs> I could imagine yeah. 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 yeah
1: Especially like for countries Like Pakistan And everything Like, like for Pakistan they, they can't even come to The Asian humanism conference at all No Yeah No
0: It's too dangerous it's Too dangerous yes. Correct Yes Exactly Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hope uh, for the best. And uh, thank thank you you very much. Thank you. Speaking to you. Thank you for listening. In order to continue the podcast, I need funding. Remember, you can support Babelfish by becoming a Patreon. You can follow Babelfish on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find the links in the episode description. Until next time, be a happy human.